two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. We have a really special podcast for you today because my guest actually is a gentleman who I met at one of my daughter's Halloween parties. She was over at a friend's house and we were sitting around the bonfire in the back and Will was there and he started talking about, he's a veteran, he started talking about his service and I just thought it was so fascinating that I really felt like his perspective and his take on this should be shared with people because I'm somebody who I think you all know I was not in the service and and I don't have a lot of friends that are veterans. So it's nice for me to be able to sit with someone and kind of see what it's like to go to be deployed to serve and come back home and what that whole experience is. And Will was willing to share that with us. So I wanted to bring Will on. Will Dirksy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And it was a pleasure meeting you. So I'm so glad that you decided to agree to come on and talk about this stuff. Well, thank you, Tudor. It was a a pleasure to meet you also. And uh, glad to be here and to share uh, my experience. Uh, so so one of the things I was just telling you, one of the things that struck me is that you and your wife were both deployed together. And that's how you met. And and you were both sitting there the other night when we were chatting or a few, few months ago when we were chatting. And you were talking about your experiences when you were deployed. And she was like, you know, it's funny, we were together and we have totally different memories. A lot of these things that I just don't even remember happened. And I thought that was fascinating because we always think that, you know, everybody kind of experienced the same thing. But I think one of the things that we don't realize as civilians is that everyone comes back with different experiences and different scars when they've served. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, my wife, she doesn't uh, remember a lot of the statistics and uh, the, what we did there. 
all the time. Um, my mine, I just absorbed all of it when I was over there. When we left um, on September nineteenth, after the um, twin towers were hit, um, when we got over there and we launched our first planes in at night, I remember standing up on the island of the aircraft carrier and and just watching those planes take off and the, the sense of pride you have um, going and. You know, going into war to defend our country and for who attacked us. And I remember that. And she really doesn't remember all of those details. Um, but yeah, th- that was something that I will never forget is uh, seeing those planes take off at night for their first bombing runs into Afghanistan. And uh, that hits you pretty hard as a 19 year old kid. Wow. Uh, yeah. To see that happen. And to know what's going to be happening from here on forward as we were over there. And um, knowing that those planes were going off to to protect our guys on on the ground. And that, you know, we're going to lose people. And that was hard to take in, too. Um, It's just something that you can't really comprehend until you go through it. And uh, it, it was a good experience, and yeah, it was it was something else over there. And, and um, just for those that are listening, like I said, this was a Halloween party, and so we were just a few weeks away out from the October seventh attack on Israel. And I was asking you about that, and, and I'm just wondering, from your perspective, that night. I, I mean, even now. What kind of memories does that bring up? Because everybody's calling it Israel's September 11th. And that was really, I mean, that impacted all of us. Obviously, you went and served in, in like, I mean, that experience that you just talked about, going there knowing that you were fighting against someone who had just attacked us. When you see this attack on Israel, what is your, what kind of emotions does that bring up? Uh, it brings up, uh, it stirs up a lot um, because when, of course, when we were attacked, you just want to go out and you want to take care of business. You want to take care of who who attacked you and hurt you. Um, you don't think of anything else. You just think of taking care of business. And that's how I feel Israel felt. It's like they, have, they were attacked and they're not going to let that happen to their people. And um, so I feel... You know, I, I, I understand that, I, what they went through and how you just, it's, you got to try and take them out. You got to try and get the people that attacked you and hurt you and, and killed your people. So. so as you watch some of these college students and knowing that when you were 19, you were going over there to fight and you see some of these college students at some of our most elite colleges talking about a ceasefire and saying that Israel has no right to fight for themselves. What is your reaction to that? It's, um, with not experiencing, with not those, those kids not experiencing that and being mm-hmm. attacked to, to say cease fire and, and don't go after those people that hurt you. Now, one, it's hard to get the terrorists because they blend in with the civilians. So, it's hard to, you have to go right into the heart of them 
in, in order to get it. And there, there's going to be civilian, civilian casualties, which is sad, but it's part of every war we've ever been in. It, it happens. Um, so I just, I think that you just have that Israel has to just go in and do what they're doing. Um, yeah, it's sad to see civilians killed. Um, but the, the terrorists use the civilians as shields. So that was something that struck me when we talked that evening was I asked you about this and you said, I mean, you can't really fight terror. And, and you got into that in a way that, like I said, as a civilian, I never thought about, because I think from the outside perspective, we look at war and we're like, okay, these good guys go here. The bad guys are here and it's pretty cut and dry. And there are rules to war. And we all know, and, and we know there are rules, but those of us who have not engaged, I don't think we really get what the rules are. So you hear people constantly like they're breaking the rules. And you're like, do you really know what the rules are? (laughs) But you actually went through that with me and you were like, look, you guys don't get what we're dealing with on the ground when you fight terror and you went there to fight terror. I mean, these have been, this has been the war on terror for years. So explain a little bit about how the rules of engagement are different for you than they are for terrorists. So terrorists, they don't follow, uh, you know, like we have, you can't fire until fired upon. Uh, terrorists, they just, they'll just start firing. They'll set up, they'll use children, of course, as a weapon. Um, they'll use any roadside bomb they'll just use whatever they can to disguise it so we can't see it there's just no they they just don't follow any rules of any sorts where we have rules we follow with engaging the enemy um you know sometimes it has to be cleared to engage uh, if we're using mortars or whatever Uh, like i said my buddy was a marine and and he was telling me some of these things too, where yeah, they had to have it clear to make sure there's no choppers or uh, jets in the airspace. And so those rules that we have to follow really restrict when you're fighting uh, terrorism, a group of people who don't follow rules. Um, it makes us, it's like tying your hands behind your back and trying to fight, hmm. um, which makes it tough on our men and women on the ground to take care of terrorists and they're hard to see, right? They blend in with the civilians. They're not wearing a a military uniform and uh, that makes it hard to fight them too, because they'll be your friend during the day when you're in their village and at night they're, they're trying to kill you. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What do you say to people who are saying, well, then you can't fight them because you can't take the chance of hurting kids and you can't allow you can't allow any of that to happen. So just let it stay there, because, I mean, if you don't fight it, isn't this going to fester and become a much bigger terror problem? It will. It'll, it will keep growing more and more. So in, in order to fight it, yeah, you have to get in and get in there and dig them out. And in the process, civilians do get killed or injured. And uh, you try to do your best for that not to happen, but it does. But the problem is with social media and our news, they're always over there and reporting back. So that's another. That's tough for our men and women, too, to do their job because they're always getting reported on and people back home see what what we're doing over there. And sometimes war, it's not pretty. It never mm. will be. So, it's so funny because we were I was on News Nation uh, last week and the guy that I was on with was uh, really very, very much against any war overseas and, and the war in Israel, especially. And he was talking about, we were talking about, well, you've got to understand that right now, if you look at the numbers, 75% of these people in Gaza are supportive of Hamas and they're supportive of what happened on October 7th. And so you're really in an, an ugly situation because unless you take Hamas out of there, unless you can remove this government that is manipulating people and manipulating their minds, how do you have any type of living condition over there? And, and he said, well, you're saying 75%, 25% don't deserve to die. And I think it was interesting because Dan Abrams kind of stepped in and he was like, hey, man, 
this is war. And and that's the thing that I, I think I've seen so much on social media is that people are like, let's just not do this. But it's the good guys that would then be not doing this and stepping back. Right. It, they did this on October 7th. Nobody did this but them. There's no there's no coming back from that now. They still have hostages. I mean, my goodness, they took hostages and we gave them that the Israelis negotiated out 50 of the 240 and gave them three times as many criminals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they can't get away with that. You have to stop them. You have to go in, like Israel said, we're not going to let this ever happen again. Well, in order to do that, you have to go in and wipe them out. You have to take them out. So as Israel's going in and going house to house and finding tunnels and, you know, taking them out, that's how you do it. I mean, they're, they're getting the civilians out the best they can, but it's a war zone. It's not going to be easy to get the people out. You mentioned your friend who is a Marine and and when we talked that night, you were talking about how there were techniques that they used to get these terrorists to come out. And that was a lot of times playing babies crying, like loud babies crying, yeah. playing over and over. And they would sit there and they would then also be listening to this or listening to loud music. Yeah. And now those noises, these these guys, these men and women have come back. And for as much as that was to get out these terrorists, get them out and in, into clear sight. That is also pretty triggering for these guys because they went through trauma when they're over there. So explain a little yeah. bit about what that was like for, for your friend and what that's like now. So, yeah, he, so being over there, he served a year in Iraq and, uh, yeah, he would say they played loud ba babies crying and, loud music, rock music, just to drive to the terrorists crazy to where they'd come out and then they could engage them in combat. And so now he's at home or at work or wherever, he'll hear these sounds, but there's nothing playing sometimes. And it, he loses a lot of sleep over it. And uh, it's hard for him sometimes to listen to certain music. Um, he says, yeah, there's certain times I don't, I don't really listen to certain songs anymore i can't i can't listen to them or even hear them um because it'll trigger memories from from the war so it's hard on him it's uh there's times where he doesn't sleep much at all and uh, shares that with me which is nice he can get that off his chest and uh help him get through through it to where maybe one day he will be able to get a full night's rest and listen to that music again but it will take a lot of time. And one of the things that you were talking about when they're out there and these guys are not abiding by the rules of engagement, you could be as a Marine, you could be stationed on a hill where you can see them planting bombs, roadside bombs. And if they're not engaging you, there is nothing you can do, but you can see them doing this. And this is going to affect people in our military. What, right. how, how is it possible that, that you can't do anything? <laughs> that seems crazy. That would be the where he, they wouldn't get permission to mortar them because of there could be uh, choppers in the area or jets in the area. And so he said they wouldn't be able to get permission to um, take out uh, the terrorists while they were doing that and they would just have to sit and watch 
and then watch the convoy come up the next day or so and, and uh, get hit. So that these, that was hard to do because they could have prevented that. Um, and he, he said, well, you don't hear anything flying through the air. You don't see anything. He's like, we could have just quickly launched a few mortars and taken them right out. But uh, the rules wouldn't allow them to. So that was tough on them, too. So for all for this anybody. grief that our, our service members get during wartime, I mean, this is what you're dealing with on the ground. These are hard decisions. You're watching really horrific things happen. And that was obviously a war on terror. We see this now in Israel. But as someone who was over there and engaged yourself, when you saw the pullout from Afghanistan, what what did you think of that? I had mixed feelings about that. Um, One, I felt um, all the sacrifice that our military put in, all the men and women, uh, all those years that we put in there and the people that we were able to help and uh, were able to live a good life just went right down the drain and they just went right back to the old ways that it was. And that just broke my heart because we made progress and then it was all gone. And to me, I thought, well, why, why then? Why, why do you even try to do anything? And then the other part of me was like, well, you have to do something. And it wasn't my decision to pull them out. Um, Is it a good thing that they're home? Yes. But all the progress we made was lost. And that's what the tough thing is to fight terrorism. You can't gain uh, when you're trying to fight terrorism unless you stay the course the whole way. And But then you would have to constantly be in Afghanistan and keep pushing them back because terrorism, I don't think, will go away. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what is the answer to fighting terrorism? I mean, it's funny because I was talking to my pastor about this and he's like, this is these are wars that have gone on for thousands of years. And it's kind of yeah. funny when you hear like the the pundit or the social media influencer who comes out and it's like, I've got the solution for this. We're just <laughs> going to sit down and have yeah. these two groups talk and we're not going to have any dangerous killing or anything. I mean, what happened on October 7th was incomprehensible. And I think because yeah. it was incomprehensible. That's where so many people have been like, hey, let's just not do anything. I, you know, it, it stopped now. It's over. Right. And they can't really fully comprehend what what these people in Israel have experienced, what they have suffered, what they've lost, but what also they have seen. And so we look at this and we go, OK, well, th- these this war on terror is extending now to Israel. But this war between Israel and Hamas has been going on for years and years and years. So is your opinion that it is possible to wipe out Hamas? I think you can. And to an extent, I think you can push them way back, but I think they'll always be there. I think they're always, the terrorists are always going to be somewhere. Uh, You may be able to push them back and shrink it way down, but I don't think you'll ever eradicate them off the face of this earth. What do you think the best way is for us to support our men and women who are serving and those who come home? Because I know you and I have talked about this as well. Uh, folks that are coming home are are feeling lost. And there's this, in many cases, we have, I mean, we have, what, 22 veteran suicides every single day. Yeah. This is something that it seems like it's not happening through the VA. It's not happening through government programs. Are there programs that are supporting our men and women that you would say, hey, if, you're, if you have the ability to support these programs, put your money there, put your volunteer time there? Yeah, if there are private ones, yes, absolutely. Um, I think the VA and I, the government could step up, a, step up a little more and offer more things to our veterans, maybe even direct them to private um, places, private organizations, if they can, and help them get to that place. Um, they need assistance. I think, I think our country owes it to them to give them assistance to either travel, to get to the place, um, financial, 
something to help them out, whatever they can do to step up. But, I mean, we hear so much about trying to make sure people can get their health care in other ways. You know, we hear about we're going to pay for the private jet to take you to get your, your personal health care. We're going to make right. sure that this you have access to this or that if you fall into this category or that category. Why do you think that there is not a greater push for this for our veterans? Do you think that this falls on politicians? Because I mean, it sh it should be something the government is providing, and yet this is not really a top conversation when it comes time for an election. No, and I I agree. I I feel that uh, yes, it's a volunteer. We sign up. Um, we know that we could be going to combat. We could be going into harm's way. Um, but there's no training to prepare to, to prepare you for what you'll see, what you'll do. Um, so when we come home, I think it would be on the best interest of the government to make sure that the, the person they just sent to war is taken care of and can come back into civilian life. Cause it's, it's not as easy as just you're discharged. Now go get a job. Um, mm. I was listening to uh, the radio the other day and there was a Marine on there saying, when you're in the military, you have a purpose you put your uniform on you know what you're doing every day when you get out uh, you don't have that uniform on anymore you feel lost like, what am i supposed to do now you know you have in in the military it's very regimented you have this to do this job this task this mission when you get out if you don't have that anymore and you've been doing it for some time it's hard to adjust back into that civilian life um, so that, you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know how to fix that. Uh, well, much. I think there are organizations before I let you go. I want to ask yeah. you, there's this new trend on TikTok. I don't know if you've seen this. It is service members who are currently in active duty somewhere, whether they're in training or they're, um, over deployed, they, they are currently service members. And they are filming videos of five reasons why you should never join the military. We already have recruitment that is way down. And I think that these trends on social media, I mean, we see these trends in every other area. How devastating is it to see? And what, what would you share from your experience to tell people that they should join the military? Uh, from my experience, uh, the military was was a great experience for me. It uh, helped me grow as a, as a person. Uh, it helped me to have that drive to enjoy everything I have in my, in my country that I have here, all the freedoms we have. And just knowing that those freedoms could go away at any time, um, if someone doesn't step up to protect them, um, then we're, we could lose them. Um, one thing I can say is, yeah, is it always fun? No, it's tough times in there. I had a lot of tough times, but it helps you grow and helps you realize, hey, the country we live in and what I did or the people next to me did, you know, we have the freedom to do, have freedom of speech and do what we want. Um, so, and it gives you that sense of, uh, of pride where you live, knowing that you stood up and said, I'll defend it to the best of my ability all the way up to death. So 
for people you know out there who are protesting against the military um i don't think that's something that should be done you should encourage people to join and uh protect their country and their loved ones yeah absolutely well i I mean we are so grateful to you for your service and i watch these these tiktok trends and i think this is just to become personally famous and this i i have to say i don't think this is about true military service and if you are serving then you've chosen to serve for a reason i I think that these trends have to go by the wayside but i appreciate you i appreciate what you've done for us and i and i think that people should know you also had a lifelong friend that you met when you were there so you you ended up meeting your wife while you were serving and now you have two children together we do yes that was uh yeah 18 years married now and it was very it was an honor to serve with my wife and uh be deployed overseas together and um the one of the biggest things too that i miss are the men and women i served with um that camaraderie you build uh you can't find that anywhere else um it's a it's a special bond between everyone uh so whoever you know people want to join it's you meet so many different people from all over the country and it's helps you broaden your experience and um the views of other people too from different states Uh, that was really helpful to me just growing up in a small town uh, meeting people who never seen snow before or uh you know the little things you don't think about so that's that's a big thing too yeah, I, I think that country. when I um when I hear people talking about their service, their time in the service and that camaraderie, I think that's so important for us to talk about because right now the reason we see a lot of these young people are, are joining protests and getting involved in these clubs that are that are negative in some ways because they're looking for a place of belonging. And we've talked about it several times on this program. There are ways to have that place, that home, that are different than getting involved in something that is a protest. You, there is faith and there is service. And yes. these are two great places to build community. And I know a lot of our service members come home and they come home from that camaraderie and they join into a faith community. And that is, those are two places where you can be involved in something that is way bigger than you. And you can get a lot out of that and learn a lot from that and then pass that along to other people. And I appreciate you coming on today to talk about your experience. Will Dirksy, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Tudor. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator 
generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.